taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Good morning and welcome to the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and today I'm in the studio with Ezra Bix who is a poet, screenwriter and playwright and an actor. And welcome Ezra, thank you for coming into the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now um, just tell me what are some of the things you've been doing um, recently? Well, I've been writing some poetry but not performing it, thanks to my friend COVID, uh, but perhaps I'll stick my head above the parapet shortly, um, and doing some other writing, um, working on uh, a play I'm co-writing with an, uh, a fellow called Andrew Joseph, um, that's been written, and uh, we're looking to perform it sometime this year, all going well. Um, yeah, and I've just done little bits of TV. Did sort of we we got stopped by COVID filming, but um, we filmed a thing for Netflix called Clickbait, which was all about um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the internet. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that that did well on Netflix. Um, and next up will be Five Bedrooms. What's that? That's a S- Australian drama series. Uh, with some really good writing um, that your listeners would probably enjoy if they're not enjoying it already. Um, it's about five unlikely flatmates thrown together. Um, a lot of the writers are female. I think there's a, um, a gag healthy spread of female and male characters in the in the show. And it's good. It's fun uh, and it's serious. Cat Stewart's in it and Stephen Peacock and Hugh Sheridan. Um, and Doris Unane. What what yeah. what uh, format is it on um, commercial on, TV or Netflix? It's, look, or? it's Channel Ten. I've got something to do with it, okay. but I think it, the f- the new episodes screen probably on Stan or Laurel or Hardy, one of those. One of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then the repeats go to Channel Ten, is my guess. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Well, we'll look out for five bedrooms. Mm. Um, now, our, a really wonderful book was published this year, 2022, um, and it's called Best of Australian Poems 2021, and its guest editors were Ellen Van Neerwen and Toby Fitch, and it was published by Australian Poetry, which is uh, a big organisation um, that promotes poetry. And... Uh, I thought we could actually read some poems from this book. It's an anthology with poems from a great variety of writers and they're all really good and the writers are, many of them are really great writers. Um, And uh, just to read a little bit from the introduction... What Best of Australian Poems aims to do is collect together some of the best, most interesting, most challenging work by Australian poets in a 12-month time frame, which was up to June 2021, and by doing so chart the waves and currents of each passing year. And in this volume, 
you will find formal poems, prose poems, lyric and anti-lyric poems, list poems, documentary and archival poems, poems derived from journal writing, spoken word or slam poetry, sound poetry, and a great long list of other things. And uh, so I thought, well, we, we should really take note of this book because it's a significant anthology. Um, and rather than inviting one or two contributors into the studio, um, I thought it would be a good idea to invite you, Ezra, because you're such a wonderful actor and reader, and you could bring some of these poems to life. And uh, so we're going to read a couple of the poems uh, in the book. So, Ezra, where would you like to begin? Well, let's give the first poem a little bit of CPR. Um, and perhaps um, Anya Volovich, that piece. That okay, so um, I've suggested to Ezra that we read this collectively, like each taking turns with different lines. And this is quite an experimental piece. And so let's, let's give it a go and, and see how, how it runs. What Happened to Books by Anya Volovich. What happens to books right now? This begins with rationalisation of libraries. Books get thrown out. Put in the tip. They admit. The sacred book is gone. Bookshops disappear. What happens here? You tell me that... The fresh smell of paper that would greet... The beautiful feeling of adventure. And variety. All sorts and kinds. Hundreds and thousands. A treasure trove. Aladdin's cave. My childhood library. I learn how to read here. That long time extended. extended. Submersion, immersion. Imagine it all. Focus. Now the discount store. The remainder. The sale. The second-hand bookstore vanishes. What do I do with my books? I put them under my bed. And books. Here are ideas. I teach. I will expand a world. But now a shrinkage. A silence. A quieting down. A contraction now. The library goes online. But it uploads books nevertheless. Someone writes this. It is me. With pencil and paper here. The author, the writer, writes me. The computer doesn't write. It copies. It's a typewriter. A scribe. I am the machine for writing now. The online material shifts, moves, can be withdrawn. Empty libraries without books. Black screens. No electricity. The book as essential missive. Is discounted. They steal and cut it up. Online theft. And no property here. The copyright law wobbly, wobbly. Anything goes... How to read and what to read now. I want to read poetry. Baroness Elsa von Freitag Lovinghoven. I want to find out more. I want to hold a book with paper, a spine, the real thing, the essence of writing. But the business model discounts me. The Costco store. Giant rolls of toilet paper. We have sale. The best seller. Literature becomes standardised. Made palatable, bland. The takeaway model. Few products repeated with few products. Means of production now. A factory. Newspapers with big pages without content. Advertising. I sell a book here. Government policy that doesn't fund culture. We will fund sport, but not culture. No! People can live without it, says the ambassador. Repression, erasure, a flattening. Everybody will think the same at the same time. Let us repeat now. 
I love my country. It starts with poetry. The big publisher abandons me. The business model abandons difference, poetry, marginality. We want sales. The literature as a business, a commodity. The airport book. The page turner. Don't be too difficult now. Speak to everybody. The lowest common denominator. We want simple form. We want a series, TV show and a film and sale of toys and trinkets. Oh, shebang, says the accountant. Because we lost the book subsidy. Because we lost the policy. Because we lost culture. The palace of culture now. The syndicated press, the bland voice that says reality, television, talk. The blah, blah, blah. I say drivel like James Joyce. At last that. The discounting of intellectual voice. No complex words. Keep it simple now. A flattening. The online cruise that says, little bits of nothing, sweet nothing. The narrative of the bestseller. The realistic matter fit for purpose now. I will make a TV series out of this. A social commentary. The small publisher now. Independently funded press. City lights and black sparrow. That have survived till now. But here, an erosion, a collapse now, a crisis of values, a destruction. They destroy me and burn my book down. Hitler burns books in the 1930s. The university, based on the book, reverses and now wants to cut the link. There's cutting and cost-cutting. And cutting. Self-mutilation now. And amputation. Removing knowledge, richness, variety and plenty. I cut my finger. We will give less. We will have less. We will say less and less. I am a robot now. What happened to me? I cannot speak now. Voicelessness. Silence. A shutting and shutting down. We are burning the library of Alexandria. We shut a press. Shushing. What will never be done or set. No growth or movement. The creek dries up. Who is the critic now? Defunded. Empty. Nothing. In the beginning was the word and now there is And we don't know what there is now because that's where the poem ends. Thank you, Ezra. Thank you. Well done, Anya. She can end her poem wherever she likes. Yes, exactly. So that was a poem by Anya Volvich. And uh, I'll just read the biography, which is in the book. She was an avant-garde poet, author, playwright, performer and artist. She was a distinguished teacher at RMIT University and writer-in-residence at various Australian universities. Anya was a graduate of Victorian College of the Arts, University of Melbourne and Deakin University. Her ficto-critical book, Horse, a psychodramatic enactment of a fairy tale, won the Alfred Deakin Medal in 2017. And there's quite a bit more. Anyway, she died in 2020 in the middle of COVID, but it wasn't uh, from COVID. But it was a great shock to the whole poetry community in in Melbourne and, and doubtless Australia. So we'll move on to the next poem. So we're reading from the book Best of Australian Poems 2021, which is still available at Readings Bookshop. And uh, the next poem is by Jennifer Wynne. And uh, would you like to tell us the title, Ezra? It's called October the 3rd, 2020. Great. Well, let's hear it. When I am asked to visualise a meadow, I think of the one from Howl's Moving Castle. More than any other year, 
This was the year of starting things and not finishing them. Buy seeds only to not plant them. Buy plants only to not water them. All those TV shows where the murderer was society all along. All those unheard songs only to crawl back to the familiar. Lately, my lessons have been learning me. I tell the doctor I sleep well enough and tomorrow comes regardless. I say I am yearning for a place I've never been and that I am learning to cope by learning to paint and learning to breathe from my belly. Emerged a deep purple wave, a full circle. On a walk, I see the street full of people enjoying spring. Remembering spring is the season where plants shiver new seeds into soil, then await the right conditions. Every day, both despair and hope sit on my shoulders and make me dance, news cycle by news cycle. The spring rain left puddles, puddles holding all I know about suburbia, her lights, street lamps, amber like cat's eyes. I'm sorry. I have called today, and many days similar to today, hell on earth. In my defence, it felt and feels like a terrible train ride, one where, after working long hours on my feet, I then stood the whole way and had nothing to hold on to and steady myself. On the train, a stranger kept staring at me, then finally asked, Are you okay? To which I remember replying, I am, and believed it. Great poem. Mm, I like it a lot. Well done, Jennifer Nguyen. Thank you. Yes, that poem was by Jennifer Nguyen, and the bio in the back of the book tells us that Jennifer Nguyen is the author of When I Die, Slingshot My Ashes Onto the Surface of the Moon. Uh, and I think the publisher is subbed in 2019. In 2019, Jennifer was awarded a Wheeler Centre Hot Desk Fellowship for Poetry. Okay, and the next poem we're going to read is from Chuyon and... Uh, its title is Hyphenated, and I'll give it over to you, Ezra. Hyphenated by Tuion. Cognitive dissonance is an Asian woman who has to carry her mother's special foe in her lukewarm blood to impress at dinner parties, be after-schooled in strings and numbers, a hothouse orchid with no outside breeze. She has to be an ingenue unwise to the ways of men who largely want her for her smallness. The wriggling chong sam, the flutter fingers, then stillness. Bamboo waist and water lily serene, lickable caramel against their burly chests. 
Everyone loves a happy migrant story. Leaky prawn trawler to valedictorian. A seam of jade trapped in ancestral dust to be extracted and rubbed to sheen. She has to blaze a trail to prove she's keen. Beautiful work, Ezra. And um, if you've just tuned in, we're looking through the book uh, Best of Australian Poems 2021 and um, they're being read by uh, my friend Ezra Bix and uh, there's quite a, quite a lot of really great poems and we won't get to all of them. We'll just get to a few, um, but uh, it, it's a really good book. What do you think, Ezra? I think it's a good book too. Mm. Yeah, and there's something great about an anthology that you can discover a poet that you never heard of before and, and a poem that really inspires you. Absolutely, they're, they're all little gems, just like you know, in an antique shop, waiting to be uncovered. Yeah. So what shall we read next? Let's read a poem entitled, I'm writing in vignettes because all we have are fragments, by Lujane Hurani. It rains on Id al-Fitr. My family spends four hours in my living room without the heater on. We do not talk. We scroll and read and listen and scroll and sit and scroll and post and watch. My phone dies before dinner. It is always about footage. My friend DMs me. Have you seen that video of Toni Morrison where she talks about how no matter how bad things got, she always knew that she was morally superior to the racists in the world? In 2006, Mr. Hernchak organised a fundraiser for Gaza. I was in year eight and proud and smug and excited that for a few days things were about us. I'm writing in vignettes because all we have are fragments. On Monday, Israeli forces fire on Palestinians at Al-Aqsa. On Tuesday, I stay home from work. On Wednesday, we wake up to Israel bombs Gaza. On Thursday, I see a video of Israeli cops and lynch mobs breaking into a house in Haifa the owners ramming back the door. If a screech had a body, it would vibrate like that. The camera is shaking. Someone has retweeted it with, this is Nakba, this is what happened to my family in 1948, now we have footage. I'm writing in vignettes because it is always about footage. I do not know when this poem will be published, but by then these words will have fossilised. I do not remember my dreams last night, just fragments that return in whips, a ponytail, a clothes hanger, my dad, red plaid shirt, the tail of a prawn, chewing and swallowing. I read Fascists Among Us on the tram to the protest to remind myself racists do have morals they're just not good ones 
Last year we went viral, normalisation, and in 2019, annexation, and in 2018, the march of return. It does not matter when this poem is published. These fragments always fossilise, only to get dug up a year later. It storms the night before the protest, and the latch on my bedroom window has not been repaired. I lie on my back and think of the rain and wind and hail teeming up to explode the brittle seams of plastic. Great atmosphere. Yeah, an interesting poem. Yeah, interesting form. Mm. And the bio in the back of the book um, says... Lujane Hirani is a Lebanese-Palestinian writer, editor and arts worker living on unceded Wurundjeri country. Um, they've been the recipient of the Wheeler Centre's Next Chapter scheme and work's been published in Mianjin, Overland and Going Down Swinging, um, among others. So, who will we read next? This is called My Mother's Keeper by... Huda Farlamola. I am my mother's keeper, and at five years old I learned the importance of decorating because I knew to move that pot plant to cover the bloodstains from you striking her the night before. And I learned that love sometimes can be the most harmful thing because you give somebody all the tools to hurt you and trust that they don't. At five years old, people's arms became the scariest place for me to run to because the man that my mother dedicated the rest of her life would use her as a vessel for his frustration and anger. I learned that redecorating meant changing those worn-out pillow sheets that caught her tears every night when she walked into her bedroom broken and that bedroom felt like crime scenes in each corner and there are stains I have to wash away so that when she awakes at two o'clock in the morning screaming afraid that she is not here anymore because he hit her one time too hard. I know what it's like when a bed shakes, and it isn't because love used to live here. It is because the bed has caught my mother's body too many times when she's crashed into it. And I've used my hands as bandages, and I've reminded her that her beauty and her courage that a woman's body doesn't just expand to carry a life, that she is like a body of armour that has kept her protected because she has caught so many hits to her chest and still remains here. I am my mother's keeper because I've witnessed crimes from the ages of five to ten and she still stands strong. When she packed a suitcase when I was ten and wrapped everything that she is 
and flew all the way here. I knew what it was like when a woman had to staple a smile on her face and use her eyes as a welcome mat. For the world to see that there are scars that live on her back that I rub every night, to remind her that those scars will bend into the letters of the alphabet, and I will write, I love you, on each world and remind her that she had created royalty out of her statistics that the only thing that would ever live in a shopping list was poverty I am my mother's keeper because you have taught me that no matter how many times the world beats you you will get up and your knees are tired of dragging everybody who's broken behind you that true love is not chasing people because it sometimes just feels like we're running away from loneliness. I am my mother's keeper. I love you. What a wonderful poem. Just mm. extraordinary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. A um, whole lifetime to write that poem. Mm. I can add nothing, but, uh, yeah, they're very good words. Yeah, yeah. So the bio for Huda Fadel Mola is a young African poet who has been given the responsibility by her ancestors of using her voice to share stories and have conversations with people's souls. She believes that art has the ability to heal nations by allowing our emotions and thoughts to be let out in the most beautiful way. And I'd just like to say thank you to Ezra Bix for being the reader today. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's so great to see you and to hear your wonderful voice. It's always a pleasure to read poetry, even, even the very serious and sorrowful ones, because that's what life's all about. Yeah, it's a, a real spectrum of experience in this book. And we've been reading from Best of Australian Poems 2021, published by Australian Poetry. And you've been listening to the 3CR Spoken Word Program. And my name is Di Cousins. And you can hear the 3CR Spoken Word Program every Thursday morning and on podcast at www.3cr.org.au slash spoken hyphen word. So we'll go out with some music from Riley Lee and Satsuki Odomura and the CD Picture Dreams, uh, Shakahachi and Koto.